what is going on today? I love your hair. You can't see your hair, but she has this long, I mean, it's thick, beautiful braid. It looks amazing. Probably 20 years now without a haircut. So oh, yeah, wow. it's just, it keeps going. And I, I don't know if people remember the name Crystal Gale, but she was very famous in the 80s for having floor length hair. And yes. I, uh, I just, I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So I, I'm still going for Crystal Gale length. <laughs> probably won't get there but usually when it gets that long it gets kind of thin and stuff but i'm telling you her braid is thick it is it, nice. there's a lot of hair yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna take forever that's, to wash that that's huh? why it does that's why it lives in a braid so oh, that's why it lives in a braid out of the way i don't have to do i don't like having it in my face <laughs> we we are for the sheets not the streets here aren't we <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't get the time to sleep in uh like i used to so I take it where I can find it. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate a lady who can rest when she needs rest. Hey y'all, I'm Mel and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. Are you a chicken mouth loving mama or daddy? Together we'll dive into the latest poultry keeping adventures, chat about everyday life with a generous mix of some hilarious stories. bringing you fascinating interviews with poultry owners from all over. You'll find tips and basic advice from your local veterinarian, along with new chicken keeping gadgets and reviews. I'm gonna see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma has to say about that. We're going to encourage and help you build a stronger, healthier flock. Let's go see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma is up to. Let's go let these heifers out. Well, we are excited to have you here. If you don't know her, her name is Ashley, and she is uh, she is one beautiful. She is very smart, and the uh, amount of talent that she has that goes oh, into shucks. some of these tapestries and things that she creates is quite amazing. So I'm going to say thank you so much for being here, and hello, Ashley. Thank you for asking me to be here. It's a it's an absolute pleasure. I I've been inspired and. Um, amused and touched by the content that that you put out um and i'm absolutely and utterly in love with miss pumpkin so oh miss pumpkin loves y'all she loves everybody but her, you know coconut me she's she's got some she's got some you know she's coming up on miss pumpkin yeah. <laughs> close she's second <laughs> yeah she's moving in and she is she is what so a beautiful attitude us- she's got yeah, she does have an attitude. She's got a bad attitude recently. <laughs> so ever since she had to come inside with that ear infection, um, I think prior she was like a normal chicken. And then once she came in for the ear infection. <laughs> once she came and, in, she was like, I'm never going out there. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, she just became intolerable. She's, she, I love her so much, but she is quite sassy and uh, demanding. So can you tell us a little bit about Ashley and how you got started with your chickens and all that good stuff. I know everyone would love to hear more about you. The chickens just kind of happened. My amazing younger sister is a vet tech. And while she was still studying, we kind of decided to get chickens as a household project. Um, We had had a a loss of someone near and dear to the family. And we, we thought that it might be a therapeutic choice um, for the family and especially for my dad. And, um, that turned out to absolutely be the case. You know, um, we kind of built a coop together as a family and 
for the whole family. You know, it really became a, a project that we could share and enjoy. And this year, it, it kind of took a different turn. Um, we got, I think, nine or ten babies uh, this year to raise and add to the the few girls that were still left out back. And um, we lost uh, one of them in transit, and one of them had a splayed leg. And it was our first time encountering that. So we now have a house chicken for the very Aww. first time. And I just had absolutely no idea what to do. So I turned to Instagram and thought, there's got to be a hashtag for this. Yeah. And it turns out there was. Finding yeah. house chickens of Instagram was a major moment for me. I must admit, I was like, oh my gosh, there's other people out there who also have a random chicken in the house <laughs> and they have different reasons for having chickens in the house. And this is fascinating. And maybe I'm not completely weird for wanting to keep this chicken. Um, there were some people in my life who were like, oh, just, just let the animal go. It won't be able to walk. Yeah. You should just put it out of its misery. And I'm like, well, it's not miserable. It's cute. And it's peeping and it's chirping at me and it, it, she's eating and she's drinking and she just can't walk. And that's, if that's the only thing and it were me, I would want somebody to keep me around. So I couldn't, I just, I, there was no other choice as far as, as my, my mind was concerned. So it was just then, how do I care for this animal? How do I keep a bird, you know, in my home and have it be sanitary and have it be um, safe for the animal and for my other animals? Um, we've had, you know, birds for as, my whole life, for as long as I can remember. So when you got the chickens, it wasn't something like completely, you know, <laughs> No, oblivious. not a new, not a completely new thing. More just like a different and completely interesting and new kind of bird. Um, okay. From toddlerhood, my parents had uh, budgies, parakeets. Oh, um, yeah. You know, we had one that, that was in my room when I was a toddler. And um, just, it was just me and a parakeet forever, you know. And then we got cockatiels. And then we got another parakeet. And um, it just grew from there. My, uh, my dad kind of kept running into people who had parrots that needed to be rehomed for one reason or another, whether they had been abused or whether they just, um, need, the family couldn't keep them anymore or whatever. But for some strange reason, people were like, oh, you have birds. Do you want Aww. this bird? Yeah. So because um, we really weren't allowed to have pets with fur, um, my mom's got a really bad allergy to, to dogs specifically. Um, so we, we couldn't have a furry pet, you know, as a kid, but we could have, we could have birds. So my father brought home an Amazon parrot and then another Amazon parrot and oh, then wow. an African gray and <laughs> they kind of um, took over my life and made a home in my heart that's just uh, parrot sized and parrot shaped. They are among the most intelligent animals. I know that for um, anyone who's familiar with keeping pets or pet parrots specifically, they'll be like, yep, right on it. But if people who are used to having cats and dogs may not know um, that, that especially the African gray parrot has the intelligence of maybe even a two-year-old human uh, wow. child. Wow, um, I didn't know that. And, and for more information on that, you should look uh, into the work done by Dr. Irene Pepperberg with her incredible bird, Alex, uh, the African mm -hmm. gray. He um, was a, a bird that participated in the studies that they were doing on avian intelligence and um, their research was really pioneering. They were able to show that Alex knew how to identify different 
colors and different shapes by name, and he could communicate his wants and needs and, and thoughts and feelings to his, um, you know, community there, uh, his little flock of researcher scientists. Wow, there's some people in the world that may need some guidance from these birds. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of cool programs, too. I really love watching shows on nature and science. And there's some really interesting programs that I've watched in the past couple of years while binge watching everything I could get my hands on while at home. Um, some really cool stuff on avian intelligence. So they've progressed the research, you know, even well beyond where um, where Alex was able to participate. Now there's um, studies about crows who are also incredibly intelligent. And, and I would I would lump chickens in with that category, too, even if it might, you know, confuse some people. They are just so smart. They are. You are so right. They don't forget. They don't forget anything. They they know. They remember. <laughs> Big time. They remember. So going back to the chicks, the little, uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, where did you get your chicks? Did you pick out specific ones for specific reasons? Were these chickens that you got from a neighbor? So how did no, that begin? Yeah, it's, they were ordered, I think, from one of the online sites. And honestly, I don't remember which one because I didn't do the ordering. I found out about these baby chicks when they showed up at the house. <laughs> oh, maybe a so couple of days beforehand. I so didn't it was get your to, dad, right? It was your my dad, dad and my old. sister. Okay. Yeah. I got you now. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Even my mom kind of participated in that, but uh, for some reason I was either, you know, out in left field somewhere or just not paying attention. Oh, but I love that. Somebody let me know that there were going to be baby chickens and I went, oh, okay, cool. Cause it's, ah, I've always been I'm on the periphery you. of it. I care for the parrots. But, you know, I was I was involved with the chickens, checking on them, caring for them, feeding them, you know, hanging out with them. But I was never really like the chicken lady until mm -hmm. we got these new babies this year, I think in April. So what do you think changed? Um, my dad had knee surgery. Oh, so you had to. OK, so you had That's to step what in. Changed. I really had to step in and be like, oh, OK, um, well, they're here in with the other birds that I'm in here every day taking care of multiple times a day. So I guess I'll just take care of these babies. Aww. And then the adventure became researching, okay, they're how many weeks old? What temperature do I need to be making sure that they're at? And how do I do X, Y, and Z? And it, um, it, it, it kind of consumed a large portion of my time and uh, I didn't quite expect it to become so, uh, oh, I don't even know how to put it, you know, like it's not, it wasn't all consuming, but it was pretty like I was focused and I was in love with these babies and they were loving me right back. Um, especially uh, the three in particular, the Easter egger that we got and both of the barred rock babies were just like all over me. They Aww. were climbing on me and sitting on my shoulders and hanging out next to my neck because, you know, nice and warm. Yeah. And um, and they just climbed right into my heart and Aww. made a little home there. And yeah. So at that point, I was like, all right, I, I'm I'm doomed. That group was the one of the ones that had the splay leg. Yeah. One of them, the the one Polish chicken that they ordered um, showed up with um I, I don't know whether it's a congenital defect or whether it's something because they were on newspaper for a day or two in there before yeah. I realized that I should put down some uh, pine shavings. But they um, 
the vet said it, you know, I, they, there was no way to tell, you know, one way or another. So I I called the vet once I realized that this, this little cutie butt was not, uh, not doing so great. And we, we noticed that the other birds were starting to peck at her and I was not going to have any of that. So we separated her out from the other chicks just so they didn't, you know, peck her to death when I wasn't looking. That's a very good tip that you brought up. So I want to make sure everyone understands what uh, Ashley did. If you're new to chicken keeping, this is what you do. Whether you have a sick bird, a disabled bird, or one that's just not looking too good, you need to automatically separate it because it is a bloodbath. Even as Ashley just pointed out, baby chicks, they will go after them. They will, yeah. Yeah. Anything that looks weak or that's red or, yeah, nope. And I didn't want to take that chance with her getting further injury. So we created a really cute little bin and the vet helped me to um, put her little feet on a little surfboard and try to get the leg straightened out that way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, just lots and lots and lots of baby chicken keeping and and poo removal. (laughs) No one tells you about all the poop. I'm just telling you right now. That's the first thing I'm telling you. Poop, 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 poop. (laughs) You get real familiar with it and you get real familiar with it in a good way because if you're paying attention, then you notice if there's a problem, you know, if the consistency or the color changes and, you know, you didn't give the bird something different. Um, For example, um, when Red Shirt discovered that she loved blueberries, we had a color change and that was expected because blueberries. (laughs) What they consume will come out in their poop and if you're not... Uh, it can be a shocker because yeah, that's scary, <laughs> especially if they consume, you know, bunches of red berries and things like that. So yeah, yeah. or beets or anything else like yeah, that. Yeah. Yes. Beets for sure. Yeah, definitely. Really familiar with poo, all different kinds of poo and it's okay. You know, you stay on top of it and is it red shirts or red shirts, red shirt, red shirt. And it's okay. It's a bad Star Trek joke. I I admit it ah. openly. Um, I thought to myself at first, hey, you know, this little bird might not make it and I'm going to get super attached and then I'm going to be really sad. So why don't I try to make the fact that she is on an away mission, so to speak, ah, from the other chickens into kind of a joke. So um, in classic Star Trek uh, worlds, they uh, the red-shirted ensigns sometimes didn't come back. You know, they were the ones to get, you know, shot or eaten by an alien or something. I figured that would be kind of a funny way to acknowledge Aww. that, you know, that this little bird is having a struggle and yeah. she gets a bad, a bad Star Trek joke of a name because I'm a nerd. <laughs> Aww, I think that's so sweet, though. I, I think your heart really spoke, though, when you when you named her that and tried to distance yourself a little bit. That just shows how caring you are. And we know that probably didn't wasn't going to work anyways. No, no, I was super attached the minute she started chirping at me. And, um, and that's why she's hanging out now, um, you know, in the, in the bird room with all the other parrots. And uh, right now there's uh, an Amazon, a, we have a yellow fronted Amazon named Emerald, who's been part of my life since I was about six. Wow. And she's, she's about my age. So I, I think this year she's, she's 42, which is the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything, if you've read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And she knows it. She's the center of the universe. And uh, I love her to pieces. And uh, it's, it's a great uh, honor 
uh, it's a responsibility, but it's also a really great honor to have a lifelong relationship with an animal. An Amazon parrot can live in captivity to be 95 years old. You know, she could outlive me. Yeah, she could. And I kind of want her to, because I don't, I don't really want to have to, you know, to think about her not being there. So sometimes we have, you know, really short-lived pets, you know, hamsters and uh, <laughs> hamsters and parakeets don't tend to hang around too long. But, you know, M could outlive me. And I, I've had to think about that in terms of my choices of housing. Um, you know, it's part of why, you know, I, I hang out with my family because, you know, we've, we've got the space for her and, uh, they're, they're not too great on apartments, uh, parrots. They're very, very loud. Um, we also have a gold cap conure named Iris, who is incredibly loud for a bird that's that tiny. She's, she's really <sighs> itty bitty and she is incredibly loud. Yeah. You know, you've got to keep that in mind, you know, if, if the, uh, if the animals in the house, um, they're going to screech <laughs> a lot. And even, even red shirts kind of gotten in on it when, when Emerald gets going, I'll hear her in there honking. So they've got a little flock of, of weirdos in there. Red shirt hangs out with the parrot and the conure. That's hilarious. Can you tell us a little bit about her and what happened to her and why she is in the house? She has a splayed leg. Um, and we, um, worked with one of the most incredible, uh, local avian veterinarians, uh, in the area, Dr. Bork from the, um, clinic up here in Northwestern Connecticut. And she's great. Um, she had, um, she had surgery to correct this blade leg that, um, kind of didn't stick. Um, we, we ended up having her with a, a, a broken leg after she flapped around and, and broke her own leg the day after her cast came off. Goodness. So yeah, she really liked being in a cast, I guess. And then after it came off, um, she then no longer had the support from the cast yeah. and kind of went back out into having a jazz leg. At this point, I catch her standing up occasionally. And it's when I've got some like you know, towels underneath her in layers so that she gets mm -hmm. some purchase. There's like a non-slip rug underneath all of that. And then there's towels. So I'm constantly picking up and changing out the towels to keep the area completely clean and free of poo and, you know, laundering the towels every couple of days to keep those right. clean. So she's got a, a pretty clean environment as long as I get in there and make sure that she's not sitting in something. I didn't realize red shirt was the same one. Aww. You spend that much time here for her. I've thought about trying to get a diaper for her, but I don't yeah. really think it would do anything other than just have her sitting in poo because she just sits there all the time. So instead of even going down that road, although I am fascinated by the diapered chickens I see on Instagram, I must yeah. admit, um, that's um, that's not a road I went down. I, I just thought, okay, we're going to have some, some chicken towels and we'll yeah. do a rotation of keeping them clean and I go in there oh I mean honestly she doesn't really get to the water by herself so I'm in there every couple of hours every half an hour every hour you know putting the water right in front of her and being like okay you want some water and she will either drink or ignore me oh, you know my heart. all oh. all day long <laughs> so that's part of why I'm grateful right now to work from home because it enables me to take a break every hour or yeah. two and go up and check on her and make sure she's, you know, clean and happy and content. 
Oh, Ashley, that just makes me want to cry. That's the sweetest thing. <laughs> you spend so much time taking care of her. Then most she, people, you know, what if she's not. just like a baby, you know? And and we hang out. She gets lap time and gets real happy and and warm and and comfy. So I can tell when it's you know the end of the day and she's had her water and she's had her her snack. And um, I've given her the she she absolutely loves the um, there's these like mealworm and oregano treats that are pelletized uh-huh. and she adores them. So I mix them in with her food along with some grublies and some mealworms and uh, a little bit of scratch. She picks out those oregano oh, mealworm yeah. treats. She's a healthy girl. Other than, other than the blueberries that that's what she looks forward to. She gets blueberries every morning. I cut them all up for her. How does Roger? Ooh, I want to say seven months, maybe. Is eight she months laying? Old. She hasn't laid anything yet, and I'm, I'm, I'm dubious on whether that's going to be a thing that she either can do or is good for her to do. So, right, I'm, in, I'm in touch yes. with the vet about what choices we might want to make for her. Um, I'm concerned that because she doesn't have legs to kind of brace herself, that yes. she might have a hard time with that. And I don't want her to get egg bound. That's, that's something that really frightens me. Cause after all this, I don't want to lose her to, to that. Absolutely. I agree. No, she doesn't need to lay eggs. Uh, I was just curious, you know, uh, if she was uh, old enough to even start laying, but a bunch of the other babies are, are laying now. Yeah. I, I noticed that uh, the Bard Rock girls had started laying when I went to give them pets and they went into the rooster squat instead. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, look who's laying. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. I can't explain why, but I'm just it's like, squat. It's the cutest thing. It <laughs> is, and we have roosters here, but they still squat for me. So Yeah, I'm I'm the rooster, uh, me and my dad. Um, so they get they get pets and they get loved up and and they're just darling, especially um well, Constance and Prudence are the two brand new bard rock ladies and they want to be on me at all times if i bend over in the coop to like change the water or something and i'm not watching out they will jump up onto my butt and then i'm just a chicken shelf and that's that <laughs> yes <laughs> they are so rude and so greedy they just all they want is snacks but uh one of the things that just melts my heart is is constance because she'll She'll jump up on my shoulder and she'll just perch and hang out like she used to do when she was a baby. And I'm not reinforcing that with snacks. They don't get snacks when they're on me. They get pets and they get love and they get scritches around the eyes and on the head. And they, they close their eyes and they're just like, oh, this is great. Thanks, Ma. And that's what just undoes me because they're not, they're not, it's not a food reward at right. that point. They're there for the affection. They're there for, for giving and receiving love. and that. Mwah, that's just everything. That's it like is. your dog. That's like your your cat. You know, it's it's the it's when the cat who doesn't like anybody comes and sits in your lap, and you're just like, oh, I've yeah. been chosen. <laughs> During her broodiness, she she doesn't love me. You know, she's in mommy mode. But as soon as she broke her broodiness and her baby quail went outside, she started coming up in my lap again and sitting in the house while I watched TV. And she would have little just. Um, she would just squat and lay down and whatever, snuggle up in my lap. And so there was no snacks involved. It was just our bonding time. So. You're like, oh, you do yeah. like me. 
little jerk. <laughs> uh, where you are limited to the amount of chickens that you may have? We are. Um, our town has said, okay, yeah, y'all can keep chickens, but you're, you know, you're limited in number and we, we stay under that and yes, try to I agree. keep everybody happy. Yeah. We don't want to make nobody mad. So, so many people have so many issues. Yeah. And there's no roosters, no roosters. We don't, we don't want them. I had, uh, we had a rooster up in, uh, when I used to live in the kind of the mountains of Northwestern Massachusetts for many years. And the lady that we lived on her land, she had a rooster and man, he was beautiful and he didn't try to, you know, bother anybody, but he was crowing every morning at like 4 a.m. Yeah. And we were really yeah. not super pleased about that. Yeah. They don't just while. crow when the sun old. comes up. They crow all night long. I can stick my head no, outside no. and you can hear Mr. Yeah. Jingles and all those crowing in their coops. And it's not even daylight. So, yeah, no, I agree. Mm -hmm. And I understand the mm -hmm. ordinance for that. I really do. And they're lucky. You know, they've got those cool flaps so that when they go to, to crow, they're not making themselves deaf. Right. Just everyone That's else around them. absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> it is not their problem. <laughs> I don't think they know the pain they cause. <laughs> yeah, like, what? That's true. That's very true. I'm just hanging out. Do you have any goals for your flock, for, your, uh, for what you have now? Are you happy where you are now? We're really happy where we are now. We had, a, we had kind of a tragic loss of chickens that sort of broke my father's heart. We oh, lost 14 wow. girls at once. And that was, that was our biggest amount of, of chickens. And, and after that point, there was maybe one left, um, that came back like the next day and we were like, oh, you made it, but, um, you can't have just one chicken. So, um, my sister got some chickens that were kind of gotten through other vet circles or like somebody was like, oh yeah, I've got some pullets here, you know? So we took on a couple of, of birds and um, that that's been all we've had um, since this until this year when we decided to to round out our our girls and get them up to the the maximum yeah. flock number we can have. You Do know? you have any tips for new chicken keepers? Since I know that you said that you grew up on a farm, chickens, birds, nothing is new, you know. Well, urban farm anyway, because <laughs> we're we are in a city. But yeah, when you've got a dozen birds, there's there's yeah. definitely a lot um, more time to get. Yeah, to be really close with all of them. I can't get close to any of the older girls. Um, the the ones that we already had, they uh, were kind of mean. They weren't raised by hand like all of our previous chickens have been. So you can't pet them. Aww. They don't want anything to do with me. And um, my babies were, um, I think, very shocked when they went out into the coop in the backyard because the older girls were so mean. Um, and it was very much a case of, you know, as soon as I came in, they were like all over me cause I was the safe zone. I was like, okay, I'll be safe from these scary older yeah, girls if I, if so I'm on true. mama. <laughs> but I would say if, if I had any tips to share, it would be to spend a lot of time with your girls. Um, you know, the more time you spend with them, especially when, if you get babies and you're raising them yourself, the more you handle them, the more you let them fall asleep in your hands, the more you let them crawl all over you, the more they're going to be close to you and associate you, you know, with safety and food and, and happiness and, and snuggles. And I, I found that to be true with, with our raising our girls. The ones that I spent the most time with and the most affection on when they were chicks are the ones that are the closest to me now. 
part of it just just is going to echo back into spending time with them because if you're there and you're you're then you're going to notice if there's a problem you're going to notice if somebody has an injury that they're trying to hide chickens don't want to show you if they're not feeling well they want to hide that from each other so that they don't get pecked in the flock you know because they they definitely do establish that pecking order like by pecking each other and if somebody went too far or they're injured, they, they're going to hide that and almost until they're, they're too far gone. So if you're there, um, then you might notice that limp before it becomes a problem, you know, that then gets more Absolutely. and more expensive. 100% agree. And really good veterinary care is something that not everybody has access to, um, but there's no substitute for a, an amazing avian vet. So if you have access to care, if you have the opportunity, like, wow. Um, you can learn a lot, you know, even, even if you just kind of get together and talk about what the, the problems are and how to solve them yourself. Um, there's lots of incredible resources out there. You're an incredible resource, um, for people. And I really appreciate that, you know, cause it's, it's even helped me to catch a couple of things to notice, oh, okay, that's what's happening here. Great. Um, and having access to those resources, especially if you're all alone or you're, you don't have a vet nearby or no one uh, knows how to handle. There's a yeah. lot of vet offices that just won't deal with birds because they don't have an avian specialist on site. Which Very is true. Sad, but true. Um, so if you're interested in becoming a vet, um, <laughs> there's lots of room out there for um, exotics. You know, there's lots of people with strange pets that, that need them to be taken care of just as much as dogs and cats. You have to take your chicken to a... Not that you have to, but most regular vets that I know in this area, we say regular like dog, cats, whatever. They have no interest in chickens. Yes. Even my normal, like my veterinarian I've had for 10, 15 years for my dogs and cats. She is like, honey, I do not know anything about chickens. And so we have to go to a separate veterinarian for my chickens. And they are avian specialists, but they are like specialist specialists of all kinds of, you know, different uh, birds and things like that. So not every, you're right. Not everyone has access to that. I understand. It's, it's funny that we consider chickens um, exotics or, you know, something that has to be seen by a specialist. I'm sure there are people out there that go, oh my God, why don't you just right. like, you know, eat the animal, but I don't eat, we don't right. eat our girls, they're pets. So I know some people do raise chickens as food and that's, that's awesome. More power to you. I just can't. We do eat their eggs, um, you know, but um, yeah, that's that's about it. <laughs> Try to make sure everybody understands. I'm not saying, you know, don't raise sustainable, you know, sustainable food sources for your family. I'm just saying me personally, I couldn't look at Mr. Jangles and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to exactly. eat you. <laughs> I would just die. I would probably I would <laughs> just go without. <laughs> yeah, no, and I've, I, I, and I totally understand my family eats meat. I don't, you know, I've been vegetarian for, oh, well over 20 years now. And, and that's just a personal choice that I made. I don't expect other people to, uh, right. you know, it's, it's more, uh, I'm happy to share, but I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. To each their own. Not my job. Yep. And I'm happy to, uh, I'm happy to interface with people about all kinds of different topics. It's just like, um, jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. You know, the more that I can learn, um, the happier I am. My brain is one of those kind of things that really wants all the information. I, I like to kind of look at it as like a walking encyclopedia. 
that's got a lot more hard drive storage, you know, than I, I give myself credit for. So if I can take in information and then share that and pass that knowledge on to anybody who's interested, then that just keeps good things happening in the universe. With my fiber arts, it's the same thing. I like to share um, about spinning and about knitting and about crochet and weaving and all those cool things that you can do with yarn. Why? Because I feel like it empowers people to do things for themselves and to grow and benefit from those experiences rather than be more dependent on what I call the machinery of culture. Like we can gain a lot from the technology and from the advances, um, but we don't want to lose things that are actually really important and fundamental to the experience of being human. And I feel like spinning and knitting and, and doing things with your hands, no matter what it is, whether it, it involves fiber or whether you're woodworking or whether you're making tying flies to go fishing, all of that, anything that's creative that you're doing with your hands, um, I feel like it has uh, more of an impact um, in, in your life than, um, than other things. You know, it's a it's, it's supremely human act to create something from nothing. <laughs> I 100% agree. One of the coolest things about the fiber arts community, too, is that it's full of really incredibly um, passionate and intelligent people who are out there doing cool stuff and then sharing that with others. And if somebody else wants to learn, there are, oh, man, countless meetups in, you know, especially in pre-COVID times um, in yarn stores and, and shops all over the place. Now there's online forums where people are having Zoom meetings, you know to get together and say, Hey, I know you're out there and, and we want to have this community oh, yeah. that we can do it safely. Thanks to technology. So it's like, I'm, I'm very pro technology and I'm also pro keeping um, what I call apocalypse yeah. skills <laughs> alive and well, you know, the more we know how to do for ourselves. And it's not that we don't want to share with each other or that we don't want to have the technology. It's that we want to feel empowered to not be scared. And if we are completely dependent on others to do a thing for us because we ourselves don't know how to do that thing, then there's a lot of fear that you might experience. And I like to try to drain as much of that away as possible and say, hey, how can we empower ourselves and each other in and outside of community to be able to do all kinds of different things for ourselves? Um, maybe the skills that our great-grandparents had, um, maybe things that um, are ancient technologies that are right. like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, and I like, I like that. I like the idea that there's a, a bone burnishing tool for leather work that's been in use mm. since the Neolithic. And some of the tools that I use in spinning have been around that long. Um, there are, are a couple of very tiny and very precious little whorls in my collection and in the collections of spinners I admire that are that's from that awesome. time period. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And it's really cool to like, bring yeah. something like that back to life per se to see something that could be in a case in a museum but that instead ended up in a bead shop oh, because yeah. people didn't know what it was and you're looking at it going I know exactly what that is and now that I know how to use it poof there's a thing that might be from 3000 BC and it's yeah. now making yarn again it kind of it kind of gave me a, a really cool feeling when I got to play with some of those for the first time I was like wow you know, and it's, it's really, really good at what it's designed to do. It's an incredibly efficient tool. And it's something that old could be that efficient is really like you, you gain a lot of respect for our ancient ancestors and the incredible intelligence that they had and that they brought to bear, um, you know, things like the, um, 
if you're into archaeology and, and studying stuff from the past, one of the coolest things I ever heard about was called the Antikythera Mechanism. Try saying that 10 times fast. The Antikythera Mechanism is a device that looks like a computer. It looks like a, a, a clock, but it's from ancient Greece. And they used it to be able to accurately predict the positions of the planets. It was, you know, used for um, navigating and things like that. But, you know, nobody could even really tell what it was for oh, a while yeah. until they x-rayed it. And, uh, and then a guy built a replica of it. And it's just incredible how accurate and intricate the thing yeah. is and to be That's that old. pretty amazing. Very oh. glad you shared. Um, no, we appreciate all of your vast knowledge that you have. And you... <laughs> are sharing with our listeners and I know they will appreciate that. And that's maybe some things they never even thought of. And then uh, that would spark an interest in one of them. And then it will spiral from there. You never know. Exactly. You know, like a, a learning a little bit of pottery will lead you down, you know, yes, roads that you might not have absolutely. gone down otherwise. I think a lot of people have creativity. Maybe they just haven't found the right thing that sparks their interest. Get out there and try it all. You know, if you, if you give it a try and it's not for you, no worries. At least you had the experience. But if you try something and it sparks this kind of joy in your soul, then you know that that's something to kind of continue investigating. And that was what it was for me with, with spinning. When, uh, when my hands touched a spindle for the first time, they knew exactly what to do. And it was almost creepy. It was like, how do I know how to do this? I've never touched this before. I like to think that it's it's there in our mitochondrial DNA that's been passed on down the line from mother to daughter yeah. for millennia. And if if we knew how to do this for 20,000 years, it's not going to go away, that knowledge in the course of, you know, the mere 200 years that we've been letting machines make our clothing for us. So it gave that, that instantaneous sense of deep connection yeah. to that historical past that's then totally relevant still because it's keeping me warm. So lately, it's a lot of chickens and spindles. Before I ask you our three final questions there, do you think there's anything lacking in our community that you think could do better? I think everybody can always do better, but we don't need to feel that as a kind of pressure, more as kind of a, a space to aspire. You know, like there's always more to learn. There's always deeper that we can go uh, with each other. And I really appreciate in terms of community, um, you know, the Zoom meetings that you've created and this Wellmo the Wonder Hen world, um, because that that has a way of creating a community all on its own, you know, and I because of you, I get to feel like I'm a part you of that community, and that matters a lot community. to me. All this, I never, never in a million years would I tell you I had a podcast about chickens or Zoom meetings. Uh, it really touches my heart because I never thought that we would ever like have a community. And that's how I look at it. When I when I look at like even just sitting here talking to you, what a privilege it is uh, when I have people agree to come on our podcast and I and, you know, they're so kind about it and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, immensely grateful. I know that sounds overused and corny, but it's really not. I don't know how else to express it, but it's a privilege to me. It is a privilege to me. Uh, to get to speak to you and to speak to everyone else. And that's the whole point of this is to build a community to where, yes, it's focused around chickens, but it's much more in my mind, in my heart, that it's much more than just chickens. It's you see people's talent, you see people's creativity. Uh, all those things start to reveal from each of these people that I have met along the way. And that makes me uh, inspires me to do things 
that I would have never thought of doing. So yeah, sorry about my soap, my soapbox, but no, no, please. And that's, that's really important because it, it connects us to each other. I was in need of resources, you know, for this first time ever having a house chicken thing. So, you know, that was huge to be able to go online and find people that were, you know, warm and friendly. And, and that, that was a huge comfort in a time that was really scary for me because I didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know if I was going to be able to um, figure out how um, to do right by this sweet little animal. And I, I was able to kind of get my brain wrapped around a lot of the things that needed to be done because there were resources out there, because there were people who wanted to create that kind of community that I could then feel welcomed into. So that's, that's really uh, important. Um, and, you know, not everyone on the internet these days is looking to create a safe place. A lot of people seem to want to be more about the self-promotion thing. And I feel like I'm not here to sell anything. Um, you know, it's, it's about that connection with, with real human beings that that's what matters, um, to me, um, because I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to, you know, create a, I've got a small business. I'm good. You know, uh, it's more about, um, people rather than trying to do marketing, you know, and there's, there's a lot out there, you know, there's a lot of people coming into a lot of different public spaces for a lot of different reasons. And it's, to me, it's rare and very sweet and beautiful to feel that we are all of us trying to make a living in the world. And hopefully um, we're trying to do that as ethically as possible. And I gravitate where I see people who are, are just genuine and who are just um, creating a, a comfortable and safe and welcoming space for others. That, that draws me like a magnet. So you've created something that's drawing these people to want to have conversations with you. you know? <laughs> Anyways, that makes me feel good. I'm very appreciative of you. You're, <laughs> you're so deep and so thoughtful that uh, a lot of times with me, I like to listen. I like to watch them. Mm. I like to, you know, see what makes them happy, see what, you know, brings a smile to their face. So like I said earlier, it's a privilege for me to even, you know, get to sit down and have conversations. I have three random questions I want to ask you at the end here. Do you Great. have anything else to say to our listeners? I just really enjoy connecting with other people who who love their silly girls as much as I love mine and also people who enjoy, you know, anything having to do with the fiber arts. So if you're interested in spindles and chickens, um, I'm on Instagram at Artemis4242 because um, nerd. And you can, you can check that out if you want to, but yeah, that's because for me, again, it's, it's just about that creating that space for connection. So that is an opportunity we have and an opportunity that you're affording me. And I appreciate it a lot. If you could have any job, any profession that you would get paid for and be able to support yourself with, and you had that choice, what would it be? I think I, I think I've kind of had that in a, a very small sense for uh, a number of years now with um, the very tiny little yarn business I started way back in 2007 but it doesn't provide enough income to actually support me. So if, if I did have an, you know, like a dream kind of 
job. It would it would definitely be to to be able to make a living making yarn and and doing the things that I love. I I really miss teaching. Um, I'm going to be teaching again, uh, but via Zoom, and it's it's very strange. I miss the classes that I taught for oh, about eleven years when I worked at uh, one of the world's largest yarn stores. Um, really glorious time uh, for me, and I. I kind of I hope that we, uh, as a world, as a planet, can can someday get back to a place where we're able to do yes. classes and things like that in person again safely. Because the aha moment, you know, when somebody has like that light bulb go off and you see that look on their face of "Hey, wow, I get this now, man!" That's everything. That's like what I live for as a teacher, um, and I miss that a lot. So yeah, I, I guess that's a long way of saying I, I would love to be um, teaching people. Yeah, how to spin I understand. Again. <laughs> I have a lot of mo- all of my clients now are on uh, Zoom. It is not the same. So, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is your favorite book and why? Wow, that's a really difficult question. If it's like a desert yeah, island kind of thing, <laughs> I. Um, it, that's a that's a hard and it's funny because there were two books that I reached for at the start of the pandemic and I, I was reading them out loud one chapter a night on Facebook Live for my friends and family and I I, I guess I am going to have to say Dune. <laughs> Give us a little insight. Um, I I'm a different person every time I come to that book. Um, I've been reading it for a long time. Um, I, I first, my, my very first boyfriend actually turned me on to, to Dune and I read it and I didn't get it and, and kind of kept coming back to it again and again because it's very rich and there's a lot there. And I feel like I take something away oh, from it every, every time. I like that. That's different. Uh, friends of mine tell me the same thing, that they'll, that they'll annually go back and, and like reread The Lord of the Rings or something and that it's like an an annual ritual or something with them. And they love doing it, even though they've read the book a million times because they're a different person every time they come to it and they find some different kernel of something um, that they never would have noticed that way before. And I think that's, that's true for all the things that I revisit. Frankly, Um, I, I find it really hilarious as an adult going back and watching the episodes of Monty Python's flying circus that I loved when I was 12 and there's stuff I didn't get as a 12 year old. That's great fun now. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, that's, that's just a source of joy, you know, is, is books and movies and, and series and media things that, that bring you, you happiness um, if you go back to them again and again, I feel like you'll Okay, you, your last question is, what is your most favorite room and why? <laughs> my most favorite room, I think, is probably going to be my bedroom because it has the bed, which I really like. I like that moment when you wake up and you're very warm and you're in their blankets and then you get to pull your blankets back up around you and snuggle back down into the bed because you don't have to get up yet. That moment, if I could bottle that moment, I would. Um, But I, I, I think I also like it in here because I have all of my nerdy collectibles and things around me. I really enjoy, no, it's okay. I really enjoy spending time in my office because that's where I've got all my fiber arts stuff and that's where I'm weaving uh, tapestry right now. Um, but I kind of enjoy the the kind of 
blissful nerdvana of of my room of of the cozy space where I just come and I'm yeah. just here and oh, I just get yeah. to be me. So I think that's that's the case. I keep the space for nerd nerdery and sleeping. So I read and I, I do think my journaling and stuff have in the here. Opportunity and, or the space to just be who you are. Just be just be yourself and not have to fake it to fit in. I feel like a lot of our homes and spaces have become so multi-purpose and, and there's an, an area where it's like, you know, you, you sleep yes. and then you go to work in that same yeah. room and that can be tough. Um, and it's a real, um, it's a privilege to have the ability to be with my family um, and to have space. So, you know, both of those things have uh, hardships that can happen with them. Like, you know, our families are, are wonderful and amazing, but sometimes we just need to not be right on top of each other all the time. But uh, it's also a great privilege to, to, you know, to be there and to get to share that time while we're all still here. Because I, I do know how precious it is. And I want to take advantage of the time that we're all here and we're all alive yes. and we're all reasonably healthy and, uh, you know, and cherish oh, it. Oh, yeah. I say that all the short- time. My older girls, uh, they're like 31, 28, and 19, I think. And time flies Aww. so fast. I still have the... A picture my 31 year old made when she was in kindergarten and it was of a queen she had drew a picture Mm -hmm. of herself as a queen in kindergarten let me tell you she was she was a handful (laughs) but anyways i still have that and i have it framed (laughs) in my bedroom and i'm and i'm telling you i mean 31 years just i blinked i blinked so yeah absolutely time is very precious yeah you blink even the little baby chicks, they were so big so fast. Just so yeah. freaking fast. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you. And I thank you. Thank you for all I of your you. insight and your tips and your just being who you are and being kind and compassionate and definitely um, loving of those who are different in the world. We all need extra people that appreciate people's differences and uh yeah so and we thank you and until next time bye ashley thank you bye 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 thank you for having me i'm mel and you are listening to wilma the wonder hen 